This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach. And today I'm delighted to welcome back Whitney Johnson to the show. Whitney, welcome back. Thank you, Caroline. I'm delighted to be here. I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to have a juicy conversation and you're going to talk about helping people develop their potential, enabling them to articulate and become the best self they want to be. And think about how um, they can grow and grow themselves and also grow in their company. So really excited to dive into this conversation. So your new book talks a lot about the S curve of learning, S's and Sam. And I would love for you to start our conversation today by defining what that is for listeners who may not be familiar with that term. Well, you're asking me to talk about my favorite topic. So let's let's dive in. So the S curve, some of your listeners may be familiar with it. It's something that was popularized by Everett Rogers, a social scientist about 60 years ago. And he used it to look at how groups change over time. Um, and we used it at our disruptive innovation fund that I co-founded with Clayton Christensen at the Harvard Business School to um, help us figure out how quickly innovations um, would be adopted. But the big insight that I had, the big aha, was that we could use this S-curve to help us understand how we learn and how we grow. And so I call it the S-curve of learning, which basically, if you can picture an S in your mind, every time you start something new, you start a new job, you start a new role, you start a new project, you have a new child, you are at the base of the S. And so if you can take your finger and draw from the left to the right, this is what is called the launch point. And the S-curve math tells you that initially, um, it's going to feel uncomfortable and awkward, and you might feel impatient because growth is happening, but it's not yet apparent. And so it feels slow. And so that's the launch point where growth in anything new is going to feel slow. But then you're going to put in the effort. And with that effort, come you're going to accelerate into competence and confidence. And I want you to take your finger and draw from the left to the right, the steep, sleek back of that S curve. And this is what's called the sweet spot, because it's now still hard but it's no longer too hard. And it's definitely easier, but it's not too easy. And so you feel exhilarated. All of your neurons are firing at this point on the S growth feels, and it is fast. So it is fast and it feels fast. It's exciting. So fast, so slow and then fast. And then you're going to take your finger and you're going to swoop it all the way up to the top. You're going to go from left left to right again, but it's going to flatten out. It's going to plateau. And this is that place of mastery where you've figured out what you wanted to do. Um, everything that you thought would be success in this particular role, you've mostly accomplished it. And so you're no longer growing at the rate you once were. Um, and so at this point, growth is slow and you feel like, all right, I need a new challenge. I need something new to do. So what this S does is it outlines what growth looks like. It, it, it gives you the curvature of the emotional arc of growth. You've got this slow, fast, slow. That's how you grow. And when you understand that, it helps you know where you are. It helps you know what ne what's next. So that's that's a simple map, simple visual of what growth looks like. I love the visual and I was literally tracing it with my finger as you were talking about that. So thank you for that. I'm a, I'm a visual learner. Is there any research that, that you've done that talks about the, the time of the S curve or is it different for everybody, you know, hitting those three phases? 
Yeah, it's a great question. So I, it, it is, it is going to depend, um, depending on the industry, depending on um, what knowledge you bring to whatever it is you're doing. Um, but you can use as a baseline, if you're thinking about this from a career standpoint, um, if you map it against the 10,000 hour rule, you're going and you're working only 40 hours a week, then you can assume that you're going to be um, in the launch point for three to six months. You'll be in the sweet spot for two to three years at most, and then in mastery for six months, um, six to 12 months before you've got to do something new. And it doesn't necessarily mean you go to a new role. It may mean you just need a new challenge or a new team configuration, but that you can use that six months, two to three years and six months as a starting point or baseline as you're thinking about your growth um, in any particular endeavor. Thank you for that. That's really helpful. And, you know, I think about my work as an executive coach with leaders, and I always say we need to think about an exit strategy and a growth strategy always so we're prepared mm -hmm. and, and we can really design what's next. But it's an interesting time. I mentioned that because we're in the midst of, of what many are calling the great resignation. And I appreciate that you're saying, hey, why not call this the great aspiration? So tell me more about that. Yeah, because one of the things that, you know, the pandemic has been very challenging. And it's also been a gift because what happened is that we were all on an S curve. And whether we liked it or not, we were pushed off that S-curve, so the pre-pandemic, post-pandemic S-curve. And so what that did is that that gave us momentum. And we started to realize we're now moving. And we may discover that what we were doing, we liked it, but there are there's more that we could do. And we feel this sense of, I want more. And so when we're describing it as the great resignation, that connotes a giving up. And, and there is some element of it, but I, what I really believe is that this is the great aspiration in the sense that we are saying, I'm now moving. We were made for movement. I want more. And so I'm going to jump to a new S curve because I'm aspiring to so much more in, in my life. And so that's the gift. We, we got this gift of movement, this gift of momentum. And so we're saying, what do I really want with my life, with my career, with my family? And so that's why I, I would encourage us all to reframe this from the great resignation to the great aspiration. I love that. I love that because it, it also says, hey, we're in control, right? And I love that you're saying we're not giving up. We're actually focusing and really honoring our values and what's important to us. And we're being proactive. That That's a beautiful reframe. Mm, thank you. So Whitney, it's an interesting time uh, relevant to that. And I, I, again, let's flip it and call it the great aspiration. Because of that, there's a lot of movement and organizations are in a bit of a panic thinking, how do I retain this top talent? And let's take a look at those high performers. Are they a flight risk? And, and your book addresses this so eloquently. So give us a glimpse about that. If I'm a, a leader and I've got a, a great uh, team of top talent and I'm nervous, how do I retain them? How do I make this a great place for them to work? Yeah. So one of the things is that you can, there are a lot of different applications for the S curve. Um, you know, as we just traced it, it's simple and it's visual and some might say, Oh, that's so simple, but that's the whole point because it's so simple. It becomes this artifact that allows you to have a conversation. And so an application is for talent development and a retention tool. So one of the things that I would encourage 
you to do with your people that are strong or high performers is sit down with them, have a conversation. We have this tool that you can take this assessment that tells people, you know, where they are on the S curve. And you now have this way, this very concrete way to say, okay, so here's where I think you are on the S curve. You're doing a fantastic job. And to my mind, you're in the sweet spot. They can then say to you, yep, I absolutely agree. And if they're in the sweet spot, then all is good. You need to just keep keep focusing on them and making sure they continue to grow. But if they say to you, you know, actually I do, I'm presenting in mastery. I feel like I'm in mastery. And yes, I'm very good at what I'm doing, but I'm also a little bit bored and I'm not feeling quite so motivated. That then allows you to have this conversation um, and for them to say to you, it's not that I don't like working here and it's not that I don't like working for you. It's just that um, what's going on in my brain and our brains run these predictive models. Um, I've now figured this out and I'm no longer getting dopamine. And so I'm a bit cranky. I'm a bit bored. And if I don't have perceive that there is upside for me, growth upside for me in this role, what's going to happen? And it's not because of me, it's because of how our brains work. I'm either going to get complacent, or I'm going to need to look somewhere new to do something so that I can grow. And so then you can have that conversation and either say, okay, great, we can have you do X, Y, or Z, or you can say, here, what do you want to do? What would allow you to grow? Or you can amicably agree um, that it's time for them to jump to a new S curve somewhere else. But now you're able to do this in a way that you both feel good because you're you're both focused on the good of that person, the good of the team, the good of the business, um, because everyone in that instance is giving given permission to grow. I love it. Permission to grow. Whitney, we'll be right back after a quick break. Your Working Life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. So I, I'm smiling when you mentioned um, folks that are getting bored and have plateaued, they're not getting enough dopamine. And I really appreciate the the nod to neuroscience, but also to energy, right? I think sometimes people are in the monotony of a role and they don't feel intellectually stimulated. They, they lose their curiosity. And I love this book because you're saying, look, recognize that, be proactive. And I wonder, um, have you felt that in your career? Have you ever felt like there was a time of, oh my gosh, you know, I need more? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's it's a great question. So I was working on Wall Street and um, I had been an equity analyst. I was working at Merrill Lynch at the time and I'd been um, covering emerging markets, telecom and media for about eight years now. And um, I hadn't figured it all out, but I had been doing it for eight years and I was very good at what I was doing of spotting momentum of stocks. And so in many respects, I was at the top of my S curve 
and I wasn't getting as much dopamine as I had before. And I had gone to one of my bosses and I said, hey, I want to try something new. And they effectively said to me, we like you right where you are. We want you to keep doing what you've been doing. And I can point to that 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 moment in time. And, and frankly, I didn't manage it well. So I didn't know then what I know now um, of you know tr- trying to frame it for them of, hey, we could do X, Y, or Z. But I can point to that moment when they said, we'd like you right where you are, where my brain started saying, okay, if there's not upside for me to grow here, then I've got to find it somewhere else. And I think that's the important thing for every manager to remember is it doesn't matter if I as a manager think my person is in their their sweet spot. What predicts their behavior is where they think they are. And so if you've got a high performer who thinks they're in mastery, who is feeling bored, then they are at risk. But if you will have this conversation, then you can retain them potentially because you can find a way for it to be not not the summit, but a summit and continue to climb and grow and develop and learn. That's such an important lesson. And I also think from a leader perspective, I believe, and this is my lens, I believe that it's okay if people want to grow out of the organization, it's better for them, it's better in the long run, and they may come back, right? They may come back and and um, assume a very different role down the road, but trying to clip someone's wings and keep them where they are isn't good for anybody because at, at the end of that experience, they're really going to spiral and and resent being there. Right. And you will, too. You'll resent them because they'll start to they'll start to check out. And so that's how that's how relationships become frayed is when you've got a person on your team and they're ready to jump. And and I'm sure you've had this happen. I know I have. You've got someone they're ready to jump, but they're afraid to jump. Yeah. And they think they want to stay here. And you finally have to actually give them a little bit of a nudge and say, hey, you know, you're, you're ready to do something new. And I know you're a little bit afraid and it's going to feel really painful because I'm going to push you a little bit, but in the long run, you are going to be happier if you go jump to that new curve and start over so that you can continue to grow. Thank you for that. So I love that we talked about the leader, but let's think about um, a team because if, if you're listening out there and you're managing multiple people uh, on a team, you've got to think about multiple S-curves. So Whitney, what are your thoughts about building a high-performing team and how to really manage uh, this S-curve for a variety of people? Yeah. Well, first of all, super excited because we have an article in in Harvard Business Review in January, February that talks about managing your team as a portfolio of S curves. And so what I so for anybody who wants to follow up on that, but buy the book too, um, is here's how you can think about it is um, we need diversity on our team. And there's diversity of where people are on the growth curve. And so Again, going back to launch point, sweet spot and mastery, you want at any given time as a baseline standard bell curve distribution, at least 60% of your people in the sweet spot, because that's that place where it is hard, but not too hard, easy, but not too easy. They can ask questions, they can answer questions. And so you you want that to be your starting point. Um, At any given time, you don't want more than 20% of your people at the launch point, because people at the launch point, while they're able to see things with fresh eyes and ask questions like, why do you do it like this, that can lead to innovation around processes and systems, um, they also require more support, more training. And so you you need both. Um, And then you want people also who are in mass because they're capable of ask, answering those questions of, well, this is why we do it this way. Um, they give you something to bump up against. They can do those S-curve loops and bring people along and mentor and train. But again, it's like being at the top of a mountain. If you leave them there 
too long, they are going to stagnate. Um, but but as a starting point, think about your team. It's going to depend, given your industry, it's going to depend on what your team's trying to get done in the current moment. But you can start with, okay, 60% sweet spot, 20% at launch, 20% mastery, um, respectively, and then start to tweak depending on the needs of your team, um, the, the stage of growth that your company itself is in. Wow, that was a real eye opener for me. And I, I look forward to the forthcoming HBR article because that that simple formula really, really resonated with me. Uh, I'm starting a new team on, a, on another venture. And, you know, there is that vulnerability of having so many people in that launch point. And, and I think of startups mm-hmm. and new organizations uh, that that literally are starting from the ground up. What about them? Yeah. So that's, that's where you start to tweak a little bit. So what I would say is when you've got a startup, because the business itself is a startup, because you yourself are starting up, you probably have some domain expertise. What you will find is that's plenty of launch point right there. Yeah. You who are starting up and the business itself. And so what you're likely going to want to do is skew toward more people who are in the sweet spot, um, who maybe have some domain expertise, but this is a new, new, um, venture for them. And so that pushes them, gives them a challenge that pushes them into the sweet spot. But early on, there are these, some, it's almost like this SWAT team of specific specialties or specializations that you're going to need. And so you're probably going to skew toward having a few people, more people than usual in mastery who can help offset the fact that the business itself is in the launch point and you yourself in building this business sort of launch point. So that's what I meant by depending on the stage of growth, um, or the industry that you're in, you're going to skew differently. But it's very helpful because then you can say, oh, yeah, I thought I wanted a lot of people who are straight out of college, but I, I don't have, I can't train them right now. Yeah. What I need are people who are training me. Yeah. And then you know that you can, again, give yourself permission to hire exactly who and what you need in order for this this entity and in order for you to build what it is you're trying to build. Thank you for that clarity. That's really a game changer because the the launch point needs more attention, right? They need cultivation. So thank you for that. Yes. So I um I'm really excited about the book and we're going to talk about how how to buy it in just a second, but I noticed that Kim Scott, uh, I'm a, a fan of Radical Candor, endorsed your book and writes very specifically about the actionable advice and I couldn't agree more having read the book myself. So I would love if you would share with our global audience one or two action steps that a listener can implement now. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to make it really simple because I like simple because I can do simple. Um, I would say that everybody who's listening right now, if you have not done this already, is to get out a piece of paper and draw that S and think about where, um, where in your where in your current role and in your life, where are you on that S curve? So in your career, where are you on the S curve? Um, as a, a parent or a partner, um, uh, where are you on the S curve? If you've got some hobbies that are important to you, where are you on the S curve? And then once you know that, then start to say to yourself, okay, if I'm at the launch point, what that means is I need support right now. It may mean I need more training. It may need, mean I need words of encouragement either from others or to myself. Um, and so you recognize that you allow yourself and you give yourself 
to be that permission to be awkward and gangly and uncomfortable and recognize this is probably why it's hard to start on it. Um, if you find that you're in the sweet spot, just acknowledge it and notice it and celebrate. Oh, this is exhilarating. This is exciting. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to appreciate because when you focus on what's going well, you're going to get more of what's going well. And then for those of you who um, are at some point in your life in the mastery, if you're feeling that sense of, I think there's more for me, then honor that and recognize that it's not because you don't like the people around you or the, the company that you work for. It's just that your brain is saying dopamine, please. And so find some way to give yourself a challenge. And, and also, again, honor the fact that you're going to feel a little bit scared to do it. But know that um, if you aren't willing to keep climbing, if you aren't willing to jump to a new curve, you will die inside just a little. And no one wants to die. We all want to be growing, not dying. And so draw that S curve. And then depending on where you are on that S curve, if it's the launch point, support, sweet spot, celebrate, focus, and in mastery, find yourself a new challenge. Oh, Whitney, I'm smiling ear to ear. I always learn so much from you. Thank you. Let me tell our listening audience how they can buy your incredible new book. It's called Smart Growth, How to Grow Your People to Grow Your Company. And of course, it's available on Amazon and all major book retailers. But I'm so grateful that you want to honor our local bookstores too. So get out there, buy the book. It's incredible. And Whitney, thank you. Thank you, Caroline. I, uh, you, you ask great questions and makes it very fun and easy to have the conversation. Well, back at you. My pleasure. Thank you for being with us. And if you like the show, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. And even better, leave a review. But let me help you understand why. The review helps new listeners find us online. And of course, let me know what career-minded issues you would like for me to feature on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dow Higgins. Thanks for listening. <laughs>